This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Uh, today, books, 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 people you want to meet, people you want to talk to, and I'm talking about people who write books and publish books and make beautiful books. We are going to get bookish for the next hour. Stay with me. Yes, we are talking cravings. Hello, it's a minute past one. No news today. There's an old song about that. No, oh no, no milk today. Uh, but no news today. So uh, you're with me for the entire hour until two o'clock. Thank you to Dean Beck. Uh, my co-host who's normally sitting in the studio with me, who is somebody that Darren knows because he is in the world of the sweets. Uh, and somebody Jeanette probably knows as well because he should be in uh, Flavours of Melbourne or Flavours of Victoria. Uh, his name is Tad Lombardo and it is a cheese-tacular going on at Pran Market. We couldn't drag him away. T- uh, Tad, good afternoon. Uh, hello, we haven't got Tad. I'll have to try and call him back in a minute. But I do have people in the studio. So um, with me, Darren Purchase. You've met him before. You know who he is. He's done MasterChef. He is the sweets man. He makes Zumbo look like some <laughs> regional New South Wales hack that he is. Uh, Darren Purchase, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I love coming back here. So well, it's good. good to have you back. I love having you here in the studio, and you always bring me sweet treats. <laughs> I hope that's not the only reason you love No, no. Me. Well, it's really funny because you know I don't have a sweet tooth. That's right. That's why I love this whole cheese thing that's going yeah. on at Prime Market. Well, it sounds like Tad's really enjoy- enjoying himself as well. I'll try him on the other line in a second. We'll have a bit of a yarn first. And uh, somebody you haven't met before, but you would have seen her work everywhere, uh, is Jeanette George. Flavours of Melbourne, Flavours of Melbourne 2, now Flavours of Bali, and tucked under her arm is Flavours of Victoria. She's a book publisher uh, extraordinaire, I should say. Jeanette, welcome to Cravings. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you because I have all of your books Oh, that's so exciting. Although I don't have that one that's on the desk, so uh, we'll, we'll sure do a negotiation with it after the show. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about Smudge Publishing. Well, Smudge Publishing started probably eight years ago when my daughter finished her communications degree, yep. and I suggested that rather than do a, um, a regular resume, why don't we do a book and put a name in it? So we went down Ooh, to the Mornington... I should say. <laughs> we went down to the Mornington Peninsula 
and just started talking to the wineries and chefs and restaurants and producers and put a book together. And I think we just loved it so much that we're still crazily doing it all around Australia and now internationally as well. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, do you take unsolicited um, ideas from, from other people to publish under your, your company? We do. We, we generally do our own products because, um, you know, that, that's our passion. Food and wine and culinary destinations mm. is really our genre. Um, but we do do custom books and we do publish books for other people as well. Good, we need to have another chat after this show. <laughs> no worries. And Darren, you might be looking for a new publisher. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I shouldn't say that at all. I'm, I'm very happy with uh, the guys at Harder Grant, but I certainly smudged do some great stuff. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, how many books have you done, Darren? Um, that's my second published. I'm working on my third at the moment, so and busy. Your, your third is all about my passion. <laughs> you finally got away from the sweets, and we're talking about... It. Can my ladder tell me what your yeah, next book is? Yeah, let's do it, yeah. It's about grilled cheese. Yeah, it's going to be toasted sandwiches. That'll be out next year and um it's something that's very close to my heart being uh, being from uk i lived well, on toast and uh, sunnies uh, i've i've got calf to chip in with a few uh, a few sa- killer savory recipes as well so hopefully it'll be really good and middle eastern flavors maybe with the cheese yeah it's a couple it's going to be a, a, f- a few different influences in there and like i say um if I, it's really handy having calf there so I, I sort of you know i need a recipe for this and she's got one and and it's an absolute killer as well so and for um, those that don't know kathy is your is your, your partner in life and, and partner in work as well. Kath Claringbold herself, a, a well-recognised and, and respected chef. Yep, she's mm. back at the shop now. and um, Working yeah. hard. She'll have the, the wireless turned up, but yeah, she will have it on to us, will she? Yeah, 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 we'll have it on. We, we'll stick it on when, um, when I'm on the radio. Excellent. Hello to everybody who is in at Birch and Purchase <laughs> in Chapel Street in South Yarra. We've had a message already. I love a good cookbook and I love Mr. Purchase. Always a good stocking filler, if you know what I mean. Oh, uh, that's from somebody you. called Donna Frock. Donna. <laughs> Donna Frock, I, I think you'll work I'm that I'm flattered. One. I'm I blushing. that one out. <laughs> um, what is it about books? I'm, I'm in the process of... Um, of packing up a house and, and doing some renovations and every time my other half sort of goes near this pile or this shelf of books I start to get a little tetchy and sort of <laughs> want to you know do a bit of a hip and shoulder get him out of the way of my books because I'm, I'm really attached to food books and I, I'm not sure if I'm unhealthy Jeanette you'll be able to answer this no. or um, most people's houses are the same there's a certain genre of books that we like mine are all to do with food yeah well I think books are such a tactile wonderful emotional experience that you mm. do invest so much in it and it gives you so much pleasure you don't want to give that experience away so I think there are a lot of us that have boxes and boxes or bookshelves full of books that we absolutely love and even if we lend it to someone we want that book back oh if i'm to lend somebody a book i have to see their driver's license <laughs> exactly. two bank statements and and a whole bunch of i'm terrible when i lend books. and then harass them to get it yeah, back yeah yeah and every book is if it's not signed by the author to pete blah 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 then it has pete dylan in it so i have to get it back right yeah, <laughs> it's terrible no well, it's terrible i was almost going to start running library cards because i'm i'm really um i'm, I'm like you there is a I, I'm into modern technology and I can read a, a book on my iPad, but there's something about touching, particularly food books, there's something about touching yeah. a book that has, you know, the odd uh, bended corner or there's a little bit of a fat stain from when I've had it on the shelf cooking. I've got all the Heston's books, none of them have got any stains on them because I can't <laughs> cook from them in my own kitchen, but, um, you know, there's there's that 
that well-worn page of a particular recipe that comes from uh, a particular book. I think it's Ruth from um, the River Cafe in London, yeah. one of their books, which is so well-worn on one particular page because I just love it. Well, I find people, when they open out books, they actually start patting them. So they're very tactile, but people pat the photos, and it's just this extraordinary tactile experience that you watch with people. I love it. Will books ever die? You know how they talk about, no. oh, radio's going to die, print's going to die, yeah. magazines will never exist at some point, TV's going to carca. Can is, I is, jump in there? Yeah. Because I, when we started our business, everyone said, you know, you're crazy, books are not going to survive, they're really dead. Um, we've totally bucked that trend and really went against that trend. We're also told to create low-cost, um, cheaper versions of books, and I said, no, if I'm going to go to the effort of creating a book, it's going to be the biggest and best I possibly can. So our first book was the biggest book probably ever printed in Australia because <laughs> I wanted to, and I could, and now I don't have to do that anymore. But we produce really beautiful artisan products, and that's what it's about. All of your books, I, I just love that. Um, oh, there's a love. I got food poisoning at that place. I won't talk about that one. Um, but uh, they're it's just a one. Yeah, they're they're lovely to open up and and just um, particularly if I'll, I'll refer to the flavors of Melbourne one and two. Darren, you're in number two, where you sort of open up and you go, oh, I've forgotten that place, or um, I haven't been there in in a couple of years. I have to go back and and just check it out. It's it's. It's kind of, they're beautiful reminders of places we've been, but places that we have to go back and visit. And exactly why we put the signature recipes in there. And, and a lot of people don't even cook them, but it's really food porn. Mm. They're looking at that photo and wishing they could have it, and that's what attracts them to that restaurant. I've got to go and have that, all food like that. Yeah. So it, that picture says more than all the words you could ever write about a restaurant. Darren, how important are pictures in your books? So important. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to have a, a really talented uh, photographer um, called Patricia Niven, who's Australian but London-based, um, come over and shoot this book. And um, the feel of this book was... Um, it, it's different to all the other stuff I've made. It's kind of more homey, more accessible. And I was trying to make my food quite perfect, and she was sort of saying, no, don't wipe that drip, let's leave that there leave it in the tin um, because that was the kind of feel that the vision she saw. So although I came up with all the recipes and, you know, this is my book, there's certainly a, a huge input on her part for the, for the look of the book. And I think that the book's better for that. So it's a collaboration. I imagine if you want people to cook out of your book and to take the, the book off the shelf and open it up and cook that lemon tart or cook the, the, the chocolate thingamy, yeah. um, you want them to be able to look at it and go, Oh, that's doable. I can yes. I can do this in my kitchen without a Thermomix and something to freeze dry raspberries and a sous vide <laughs> exactly. machine exactly. and all of that crap that we don't need. Yeah, you need a good mixer and you need a good blender. That's about it, I reckon, in your house. Um, you want to be able to recreate it and seeing a little bit of a, a drip off the side of a spoon yeah. or a bit of icing sugar that went on the bench or the tea towel sort of. It, it actually makes it a little bit more real. No, I agree. Um, the, on the front cover, there's the chocolate cake, um, and I was really trying to make that nice and sort of flat and uh, the glazing, you know, absolutely mm. perfect. Um, and it just it, it didn't work. It didn't fit in with the book, and um, the, the advice I was getting, you know, kind of leave those drips there because that means that I can make this, you know, and she was sort of saying from um, her experience as being a novice um, cook and she was saying I feel like I could make this particular one because it's not perfect um, but all the recipes are um, super 
tested in my kitchen mm. at home and using sort of tins that I just found and I kind of worked my I've scaled my recipes back to use the tin that I've got at home and that's it'll be the tin that you've got and there's literally no funny ingredients and no crazy equipment you need for that and again it's whilst it's aspirational because I want to look at this and say that looks like a clafoodie that I can make um I don't want it to look perfect. Yeah. I want it to be a little tarnished on one end or where yeah. the oven hasn't been quite right because the ovens in our house are not quite right. doesn't matter <laughs> exactly. how bloody good your oven is. There's one part of the oven that just burns the corner of something. <laughs> I found that when I shot. We shot this at home and I was cooking everything at home in my my oven. And, yeah, you're right. The, the sort of back left was hotter than the front right. Um, but you are right. You want, you want to be able to um, envisage yourself making it. And also with that um, that sort of clafouti type tart thing on the front that you can see there you don't have to use that fruit you can switch your own fruit you can it was kind of we're coming you, into stone fruit season there yeah, could exactly. be nectarines or something off the neighbor's yeah. tree that you want to use so literally the, this cookbook is just a, a base idea of things that you could actually do and you could take the sponge from the chocolate cake recipe and pair it with the cream from the shoe recipe or the lemon mm. curd and kind of come up with your own creations and that's what i really wanted to try and get across do you know is it hard to do books and get the imagery right Oh, no, if you've got a good photographer, um, our head photographer is my second daughter, and um, I think you need a creative eye to do food photography. So if you've got that creativity, you can get out of the uh, chef's head what he's really envisaging and then get it on paper. See, I'm a chef as well as as all this other crap that I do. Um, I don't cook now. I cook for love. I'll never cook for money. Um, But there's I've got this... Thing about if I'm the book that I've I've actually had my book knocked back twice. So, um, oh, we better talk. Yeah, we better talk. <laughs> but the photography for me is is if I'm going to tell a story about a chef that um, became a chef because he was either that or going to juvenile justice, and there was a particular time in his life where he was really close to his grandmother, or you know, all the yeah, chefs have beautiful stories about why they cook, mm. and we know where they cook and we know what they cook and. There's, you know, a million books about, no disrespect, Darren, that have yeah. beautiful photography. But I think there's stories to be told about um, where they've come from. And oh, and that's, that's the whole point of a book is the story. Correct. And, and so it's the, the images, writer. Well, it's yeah. the writer, number one, who gets it out of someone's head. And number two, it's the photographer who gets it out of their head. Mm. And that produces the wonderful book. But old, would old images work? Yeah, yeah. Good. We'll have a conversation. But first, we've <laughs> got to have a couple of messages. And we're going to try and get Tad on the phone. I'm having some uh, IT issues here at the minute, and our radio man's not here. So uh, stick with me. It's 14 minutes past one. You're on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. We're running a bit loose today, but we're, we're all about books. It's all about the book. Bonjour, I am Gabriel Gatte. You are listening to Cravings with Peter Dillon on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. Yes, you are. It's 16 minutes past one. Jeanette George from Smudge Publishing and Darren Purchase from Virgin Purchase. Sweet studio in the studio with me. We're going to try Tad Lombardo again. He's over at the Pran Market. It is their cheese tacular today. And Tad, are you there? Have we got you? No, we're really having a trouble with our phones today. So maybe we're going without Tad, which will make our next this message. Uh, Linda's going to be unhappy because Linda is Tad's mum. And she says, hello, Tad and Pete from New Providence in New Jersey, the USA, enjoying the show tonight. So it's nighttime. It's it's Friday night over there. And each Friday night, Linda listens in and um, Uh. via the Joy app. 
and uh, enjoys the show with us. But Linda, I'm really sorry that Tad's busy with the cheese today, and I can't get him on the phone, so we're having some trouble with our Sorry, Linda, he's he's having a great time, though. He's eating too much cheese. He's got his face in a camembert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, he's there each time I ring, but I can't get him to air. So um, I think there's something going wrong with the studio. It's not Tad's fault. So Tad will be back next week. And we'll talk to we'll you next week about the cheese. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I like this. Uh, do, you, do you do all of the, the media and, and communications and stuff that goes with the book? So each time a book is released, you've got to write press releases and do all of that business? Yes, yes, we do. And that's why your daughter did a communications degree? She did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, not sure if it helps, but we've got a whole team of kids. that uh, We have our whole digital team yeah. that uh, put a lot of effort in. And, yes, we obviously try to communicate with all the journos around Australia. There's a forward here that I really like to Darren's book. And he says, think of Darren as a cross between Yoda, a Michelin starter pastry chef, and a sharp-eyed grandmother who has a sofa upholstered in country show baking ribbons, but with better hair. <laughs> who said that? I'm going to give you uh, three guesses as to who said that. He's a very large, loquacious, uh, cravatted Englishman. Starts with an M. Yeah. yeah. Matt Preston. That's a really nice way for people to it, describe you. It, yeah, it's certainly unique. He, Matt's a great guy, and um, he he wrote the foreword on uh, on my first book as well. And when I asked him to to do this, he dropped everything and did it. So I want to thank him for doing that. He's, he's a good bloke. He's a Matt very Preston. good supporter of me. And you do look 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 like Yoda. Say <laughs> <laughs> Matt this Preston. Morning. <laughs> I was going to go with very a Michelin star chef, but I think <laughs> um, yeah, maybe a, a sharp-eyed grandmother. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm sorry. Your, your book is called Lamington's Lemon Tart. Correct. And Jeanette, you've got um, four. Is it four in the flavors series? No, there's actually. I think we've done twenty five books now. So the flavors we've done: um, Melbourne, urban Melbourne, Sydney, urban Sydney. We've done flavors of Queensland, South Australia, New South Wales, and Victoria now. Uh, we've done flavors of Bali and. We've just started Tasmania and New Zealand. Wow. wow. So busy. We're, we're busy bees getting around. Who does all your research? Do you just get to jet around the region and eating and drinking and oh, looking at lovely places? I don't know that you'd call it jetting around, but um, <laughs> yes, we do get to go. I, I spent probably six months in Bali doing the Bali book. In one big hit? In Oh, no, in several hits. Mm. And photographers crossing paths and... You know, we put a lot of time and effort into each book. Um, Because it it is a beautiful book. I think um, as I was looking through this, I've had a couple of trips to Bali. The most recent was only um, in December, and I hadn't been for 20 years before that. And I was because I changes. Well, the first time I went to Bali, it was like Legian and Cooter, and it was Awful. in the, the the early nineties. It was ghastly. I hated it, and I vowed and declared I would never go back. But my husband loves Bali, yeah. And so after we had a little um, fu to the government wedding in December, we decided we would go to Bali and have a couple of weeks of a break. And I just found all of these um, places to eat and enjoy food that were outstanding and i think you know world class absolutely in my mind. world class and i found some of them in here so i opened up and i said oh my god there's mama san in in Semenyak. and there's um i did open one before which is a place i did actually get food poisoning <laughs> so we won't talk <laughs> we won't about that particular that <laughs> place but um up into ubud and, and in changu and there's just the bali's food scene has gone absolutely berserk as a culinary destination it is really world class mm. Um, I have to mention one restaurant up in Ubud, Locavore. 
Oh, um, it's amazing. The chef up there is yeah. just doing extraordinary things, you know, really top of the world class. Mm. Um, absolutely brilliant. But there are so many chefs up there that are so passionate. They've worked what out. Aussie chefs up there. Yeah. yeah. But they've got into the local produce scene and, and really, you know, they're restricted by what they can bring into that country. So their ability to put menus together is quite difficult. Mm. Um, but they're using and they're um, growing their own and uh, it's just extraordinary what they're producing. It is. Did you meet Chris Sellens while you were up there? No. Oh. I don't. I Chris Sellens does a, um, he has a cooking school up there as well. He's an American guy. Yep. A big sort of burly um, American who's, you, you can't imagine him finessing anything in the kitchen because he's just, like, he's got hands like shovels and fingers like bananas. But he's really, really cool. Um, he runs some cooking schools up there um, and he has a, um, I'm trying to think of the name of his little restaurant. It's not anywhere on the tourist route. It's it's a bit more out of the way. But he's fascinating. I met him um through Melbourne Food and Wine Festival who was down here doing master classes. Fascinating bloke. Well um, and Janet Deneef up in Ubud has mm. really done wonders for the country for bringing in tourism for the Writers Festival, but now she's started the Food and Wine Festival for the last two years and, you know, she's really helped the culinary scene and put a spotlight on it. Maybe Darren, we have to go to the bar, to the Ubud Food and Wine Festival. It sounds good. I've, do you know I've never been to Bali. That's why I've been you? keeping quiet. I've been listening. Right. Uh, um, this, this book looks amazing. This, uh, I love all that Ooh. cuisine. Um, well, but I've never been. Yeah, so through this, this. I'll have a flick through this and choose some spots, and maybe me and Kaf can sneak out for a oh, couple you of have weeks. To. You well, have you can go up for a week. Seriously. When's the best time to go? When the tourists aren't all there. So don't go in um, December, January. Yeah. Right. And don't go in school holidays. Right. I'll no, be busy anyway. Definitely not schoolies. And don't go to don't, don't, <laughs> right. don't spend too much time in Cooter and Legian because that's all bin tang singlets and, and all very nasty. There is some good food in both in both of those, but Semenyak at the moment, Semenyak's food is outstanding. Semenyak is extraordinary. There's um the cafe in the centre of Semenyak um called Sister Fields and Love it. Is an Aussie bloke who's mm-hmm. gone up there and um doing extraordinary things. He's really determined to have the best coffee, the best cafe food. And and it's international food. It's not just Asian. You know, he, mm. he's fused the whole lot together and come up with something really extraordinary. Did you get to go up into the foothills or up in the hills where they grow into the rice paddies and drink luwak coffee? Uh, well, I'm a coffee freak, so yes. we do specialty coffee books as well. So yeah. I've um, I'm currently writing the biography of our Australian who won the World Brewster Championships. Oh, so cool. Coffee is really important to me, so I went up to Kindermani to the farms mm-hmm. and met the farmers and producers, and um, they're doing some wonderful things with their coffee up there, getting it back on track and mm. into a, a, a good state. Often barley coffee is pretty crap. Oh, it is pretty crap. <laughs> um, but there's also, I think, half the problem with, with our expectation of barley coffee is the milk, because Balinese milk is just not like our, our milk. milk. No. We, we can't, you can't get good dairy like you do here so people go over and say ah oh, the coffee's really shit in Bali and it's like well no it's different it's not shit yeah and there's a lot of people doing really hard work in getting that that coffee scene in Bali to where it should be and you can go and buy good coffee oh absolutely you can buy good coffee it's just you can also buy really dreadful coffee yeah just don't expect it to taste like Australian coffee yeah, but I think you can. You, there's Revolver up there. There are a few mm. people who are doing some fantastic things, and you know they they are getting some 
milk from somewhere that isn't too bad. So. Mm, it's just the Balinese milk. You'd hate it. You couldn't cook with it. It'd go nuts. We're very lucky in Melbourne. To we have, are. We're oh fortunate God. to have so much good stuff. So the, when you do go overseas, sometimes you can compare back to home and uh, it's not quite the same. But I think you should just kind of look for the well, the local specialties. But as, as travellers, don't, yeah. don't you go somewhere to experience a culture that is different to your own or you, you go even if it is you go to New Zealand you go to experience something that you can't have at home and at, at home here we can have the best coffee in the world so the expectation of going somewhere that is you know semi third world for crying out loud to have an expectation you're going to get a, a latte like you're going to get in Elwood or or in Fitzroy is ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's crazy and you're a moron if you think that that's going to happen Oh, but there, seriously, if you know where to go in Bali, you can, you know, within half an hour get a really good coffee. I agree with you, and yeah. I found something. This is why your book is so good. It's like trying to get a decent bottle of wine in Bali. Oh, well, that's, that's can, more difficult. <laughs> it, is, it is categorically screwed. Mm. If you expect that you're going to go over and buy, you know, a nice bottle of Australian Riesling for 18 or 20 bucks. No, it's not going to happen. They're, their liquor stores are different. Um, they have import issues that they can't buy decent wine. We found in Seminyak a beautiful little um, French uh, a French shop that was selling uh, beautiful French cheeses and pâtés and, and some, uh, a French uh, and a South African Chenin Blanc, both of which were outstanding, which we took up to, to Ubud for Christmas. Um, but, you know, you, you, you go somewhere, you've got to expect that you're going somewhere to have an experience that's different. Well, that's throughout Asia. The, the taxes that they put on alcohol are extraordinary so there's nothing really under fifty dollars that you would drink no correct barley and so that's why you drink beer or that's why you drink gin Mm. because that stuff is everywhere in barley it's 26 minutes past one you're with Jeanette George and Darren Purchase we are taking you through a little of a a wander through books we're actually getting distracted um (laughs) talking about the the coffee plantations of outside of Ubud in Bali. Um, I want to go back to the Luwak coffee in just a second because it's a very, very funny story. Um, and, and Darren, you'll love this and you'll end up using Luwak coffee in your desserts. I swear, it is 27 minutes past one. G'day, I'm Pete Evans and you are with Pete Dillon on Cravings on Joy 94.9. Thank you, Paleo Pete. Uh, it is uh, just after half past one. You're here on Joy 94.9. Uh, Cravings, I'm flying solo today. Tad's doing the cheese spectacular at uh, the Pran Market. I'm very upset that I'm not there eating cheese and he's not here in the studio um, because, Darren, I think he'll be able to talk technically to you about the coverture chocolates and all yeah, sorts Tad's of things. Yeah, Tad's amazing. His he skills is incredible. Are you know, Tad's an engineer. Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, I, I know he started um, He started late, I think, into food. And, uh, yes, he's, he's late to food, but he's, he's very talented. He's flourishing. He is. He started making chocolates with Ben Shuri, of, course, of all people. Yeah. You know, because he's a slouch. Uh, <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, we were talking just before that little song, which was called The Book Song by Frente from their album, uh, Marvin album. Um, it had another very famous song on there, but we don't talk about that one. Um, so, yes, that was called The Book Song, because today we are talking about books, and we were talking about Luwak Coffee. Uh, now, for those of you who weren't with us just before, Luwak is a kind of coffee that um, is predominant in parts of Indonesia. And... Uh, it's produced, and Jeanette, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, a luwak is like a weasel. It's like a civet, a sort of cat type. They're very, very cranky creatures. Yes. They're not something you want to pet. They're like, like a really angry um, meerkat. Right. Um, and so the luwaks 
uh, eat the beans as they drop from the the the, the coffee palm, and uh, they go through a fermentation fermentation process as the, the beans make their way through the body, and then they exit the luwak, right, um, and are collected and roasted. Is wow, that, am I am I on the money? You are on the money. Um, I'll let you finish your story and I'll do mine. <laughs> so this coffee, they serve a lot up in the hills. It's quite a tourist thing to go and drink Luwak coffee. It's um, insanely bitter and acidic. It's not pleasant. Um, you wouldn't make a latte out of it. And I know so many people who've bought some home because they've been caught up in that tourist moment. They've had it <laughs> yeah. up in the hills and thought, oh, this is great. I'm going to take this home and I'm going to give Annie Vell some and it tastes like dirt. It's not good coffee, but it's... Um, the truth is it's... A word that starts with SH. I'm not sure if I can well, say that on radio. Well, it comes. It exits. It exits <laughs> it that exits. end of the uh, of the luwak. So that it does taste like shit is not a surprise. Who at first worked this out? Like you know, who well, just, someone very desperate for was, a cup of coffee. But no, it was someone desperate for um, you know a marketing angle, really. Right. And so it's not just luwaks. The truth is, the luwaks are put in these horrible cages and they're force fed. Coffee, beans, like oh my God. Fruit, really? right? and that's all they can get to eat. So then they do have to shit it out. And, you know, it, it's dreadful tasting stuff. But they also do it with elephants, and it has gone so far that even humans have done it. So Okay, I would have to draw the line uh, <laughs> of, of going through someone's poop to find a cup yeah, of coffee beans. I've never been that. that hard up for a cup of coffee. I'm no, no. Look, we have such <laughs> stunning coffee in Australia. We're known as the coffee capital of the world in Melbourne, so, you know, we don't have to stoop that low. We don't, indeed. Um, what, what's And this is a question to both of you. What's the hardest part? You know, you sit down and you go, okay, I'm ready for another book. Um, I've done the research, I've got this stuff. What's the really difficult part about putting a book together? Is it writing that very first word or is it working out what the last word is? Um, for me, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, oh, you've got all the emotion along I know. <laughs> I, I've, uh, not every chef writes their own cookbook. They've no, got, a lot um, of them are ghostwritten. A lot of them have got um, people that do. I right. write all of mine. My friend Hilary McNevin, she's a great writer. <clears throat> yeah, she is, yeah. She's written a lot. Um, I'm either... Um, foolish or I, I i don't know i just feel like i wanted to write it so um finding time to actually get it down is is really hard i think making notes along the way you know if you if you you come up with a great idea um that you need to include in the book like get these notes down because you're going to forget them um i have found a, a cool little trick um in terms of I was really trying to make the recipes work. In all my cookbooks, obviously, I want these recipes to work because I want people to say, you know, I tried Darren's brownie, it's amazing, and then word gets around. Um, but I was spending lots of time trying to get it to actually fit that tin perfectly. Um, I think what I've worked out now is get the recipe down as far as I know it, and then on the photo shoot, when we're shooting all the dishes, yeah. I can kind of cook it, and then I can kind of amend recipes during the shoot. And there's a bit and of that- smoke and mirrors with the, with the styling for a book, that if, if there's a little bit of something and you've got a glaze or, or decorate something, that you can use that glaze or decoration to, to cover a very minor error. Yeah, you can. But also, um, I, when I was shooting this book... We were, I mean, especially for one of the dishes, um, I was going to do something completely different. And then we went down the market to get some um, fruit for one of the dishes. And we saw this um, this other great produce that mm. wasn't included in the book. And it looked amazing. So we said, we've got to try and incorporate this somewhere. So I put it into one of the dishes in the book virtually last minute during the shoot. And then I amended the recipe after that. 
Well, but you you want to be able to cook with what's yeah, what's exactly. in season and what is it that yeah. at the market or the grocer exactly. Mm. So that was um that was it's quite um, liberating for me now to know that I can kind of amend recipes during the shoot um, because you know I, I want to make the last minute change or and I found that that whole thing has made the process easier for me so I can just get the base recipes down now and finesse it during the shoot and i'm assuming that because so much of what you do is so precise yeah um particularly in in the shop that it is so you have to be so so precise down to the last sort of gram otherwise things don't work you do you do especially uh, in the shop but obviously people at home haven't got these scales that measure one gram so i'm trying to Make well, sure. it depends what they're weighing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe some of your listeners. I'm not sure, but um, you know, I, you need you need it to be accessible to people if you want yeah, people to, to cook out of the book. So, um, it, changing some of my precise measurements to tablespoons has been a bit tricky, um, but I've kind of done that um, lately, especially in this book. Um, and that's why you're a sharp-eyed grandmother with a sofa exactly, upholstered yeah, it's country all in show baking ribbons. <laughs> Jeanette, what's the hardest thing for you? I mean, obviously you do all of your research and your travel and um, you know or you have an idea in your head of what you want to see on the page. Does it always work like that? Well, ours uh, have a unique sort of formula. I think um, the reason behind our books is as a culinary destination. So we're showcasing a whole load of chefs, a whole load of venues. Mm. Um, So our storyline is always... Um, trying to get to know the person underneath or know the business underneath. Um, and in our recipes, we're really working with the chef to try to make it as easy as possible at home. But we're really trying to showcase a whole destination. So I see it as a collaboration between probably a 100 chefs and we all get together and just get this book together. And for us, it's not just the writing or photography, it's the design, it's the getting it to press it's choosing know, the, the whole, stock it's creating those incredible exactly. covers that all of the books have yeah we get illustrators and illustrators from that region so that they know the locale um it's it's a huge effort that we get to put this book to bed and then when the first box arrives you know we open it we all sit around in a circle and it's like giving birth to a baby, you know. Yeah. Has it got ten arms or ten, <laughs> ten fingers, you know, ten toes? Mm. Um, is it okay? What, how long does it take? And I know that's a, it's like how long is a piece of string. But, and Darren, think about this because I'm coming back to you. How long does it take you to actually take the, the idea of a book and say, why don't we do the flavours of New Zealand? Yes. From that minute that you have that, that epiphany at three o'clock in the morning... Um, to the point where it does arrive and you open the box and, and you go, oh, my God, and you're weeping and you're opening a champagne at the same time. How long is that process? From, pro- possibly from the idea it's 12 months because we have to put timelines in place, but it actually takes us – it's a six- to seven-month process by the time the book comes back to our door. So it's it's a lot of work, but we've got you know a lot of people out there doing the research, doing the photography – and putting it together. So we're basically, these flavours books, we're doing one, we're starting one every two months. And wow. 
There are so many places in the world. We oh, want, I know. I'm we want to do flavors in New York. You know, I'm so excited about it. Let and me know really, when you need a researcher yeah, for that yeah. one. <laughs> but it, it is. It's opening the door of that um, restaurant, and they let us in. You know, they let us. We have access to the chef. We have access to where they're getting their produce from. It's just such an exciting journey. Darren, do you have a favorite place to eat in New York? Um, that you found a little. Coolish joint? Not, not a little coolish. Uh, I don't know. I, I got married in New York. Yeah. Um, so we had lunch at Per Se. So rather than having the big yes, of sort course. of Thomas wedding Keller, in Melbourne, we, um, we got our wedding bands in the morning at Tiffany's, went down the town hall, got married, lasted about two minutes, the uh, ceremony. It was, um, it was quite funny. And then we went for lunch at Per Se. And I think I think that evening we I think we had pizza that evening. Yeah, nice. Oh, it was really good. Cheap. It was really good. It was cute. It was me and Kath and um, yeah, her uncle, um, who's also an author. He's a, he's, a, he's an Australian author. Peter Carey. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, That's Kath's uncle. Yeah, he was oh. he was our witness because um, he'd, he'd he he'd got married um, in New York as well, and um, so he showed us how to do it. We had to turn up the day before, and. Uh, sort of register it and they give you a 24 yeah, hour calling yeah, off yeah, and then do. we turn up the next day and he was our witness and um, yeah we went for did lunch Peter, did Brilliant. Peter Carey write Oscar and Lucinda? yes yes and also um, a Kelly and Ned yeah, Kelly story the history of the Ned Kelly, Kelly g- yeah, gang, the gang yeah. Yeah, he's won well a couple done. of Booker yeah. Prizes yeah, I think. he's a fantastic bloke he's yeah, mm. super talented and uh, he still lives in New York so um, yeah we'll catch up with him when, um, when we go over exactly um, you have to go to Prune there is no question um, Gab Hamilton, so she's uh, uh, she's a fascinating woman, but she has it's only a small restaurant. I think it's about twenty or thirty seats, but you have to go and eat at Prune. She's amazing. Uh, to me, that is sort of kind of quintessential New York. It's eighteen minutes to two. We're off on all sorts of tangents here with these books. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, I'm Anna De Silva, and you're listening to Cravings with Pete Dillon on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. Uh, you are correct. Thank you, Mr. De Silva. I know you're busy, but popping in and giving us that message. Jeanette George is uh, teasing us today. She's, um, she's a book publisher uh, called Smudge Publishing and um, doing all these Flavours books, and she's about to go and do Flavours of New York, and Darren and I are both um, busy looking at our schedules to see when we can go and assist <laughs> with some research. I, yeah, all of us sudden my diary's freed up yeah yeah exactly <laughs> darren purchase is that voice of course from the birch and purchase suite studio um in chapel or just off chapel street no on chapel yeah street we're on in, chapel in, six four seven um, south yarra yes correct yes. it's a lovely shop have you been into darren's shop yes absolutely mm. it's fantastic oh thank yes, you indeed um now i'm asking a question of linda linda listens to us every week in new jersey uh linda if we're going to do um taste of new york we have to do joysy and I need to know where is the best place to eat in New Jersey. Uh, maybe it's in New Providence. Maybe it's in Hoboken. Uh, but I'm, or maybe in Jersey City. But I'm sure Linda will send us an email and tell us because she listens every week. You can send us an email, also a text, 0427-JOY949, if you would like to tell us about your uh, dining destination that must be covered in one, of, uh, in one of Jeanette's books. You can email on air at joy.org.au. Or you can phone one three hundred joy nine four nine and speak to our lovely person on the desk. I think Alex is still sitting out there. If not, I'm sure Anne will answer the phone and talk to you as well. Um, where is your 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 flavour of that you must uh, you must partake in? It might be for Jeanette's next book. Um, and it's uh, a beautiful ten degrees outside and it's raining. <laughs> I just had a look at this filthy grey sky. I it's love awful. I love spring. It's beautiful. Well, I was listening to the weather guy today. He said, you know, at this time of October we can have thirty one degrees. 
or as it was when I was driving in earlier today, eight degrees. Well, my parents are up in Noosa and they're listening today. Um, but so I hello, Jeanette's parents. I'm there. To, um, I'll be with you tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I think it's about 30 degrees up there and absolutely beautiful. So you do I'm, wonder what on earth we're doing down I'm here. I'm going up to Noosa tomorrow for work. Oh, for, good and I'm there you. until Wednesday and it better be bloody warm, I tell you. If it rains when I get to Noosa, someone's <laughs> going to be getting just a little snitchy, even though I am there for work. Um, I will be at Ricky's on Tuesday night. They're having their 10th, oh. um, 10 years of Ricky's. No oh, way. Fantastic. Yeah. So I'll be there. It's part of his work. Um, it's part of my yes. my work. You'll have is. to take up one of our Flavours of Queensland books. Have you got, got one with you? I haven't got one with me, but I could get one to you first thing in the morning. That'd be awesome. It's got a lot of the Noosa people in it. Cool, because um, I, I will be, uh, as of February, in Noosa almost permanently because for the next three years, I think I'm allowed to announce this now, uh, for 2017, 18 and 19, um, the business I work with will be delivering the next three Noosa Food and Wine Festivals. So oh, I'm sort wonderful. Of, sort of kind of going to be handling the programs and partnerships and, and PR, so I'm sort of kind of the festival director in for want of a better term, for the next three years. For I'm Noosa so Food and excited about that because it really needed to have a broader base. It's an amazing place, and, and yeah. the produce and, and the people around Noosa, and it's not just Noosa, that whole Sunshine Coast region oh, is just... Oh, that whole hinterland is oh, just beautiful. amazing. It's beautiful. There's, they do wine up in the, the hinterland. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, good it's job, great. Pete. When's the next festival, then? Uh, 18th to the 21st of May, 2017, four-day festival. And we're packing our bags coming, too. Excellent. Yeah. And, of course, you, we'll be putting out a little note if people want to volunteer at the festival. You make your own way up there and... Um, you can be a volunteer over the four days. That's or great. It's a good opportunity day. to work with some amazing chefs and food people and uh, producers. Oh, it's extraordinary. It's one of the things about that festival in particular is that it's not a them and us. You're not separated from people. It's a small town. Um, the chefs are wandering around the streets, slopping around in their loafers early in the day, <laughs> looking for coffee like the rest of yeah. us. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great festival. It's a great feel. It's a great place to be. I like that it's changed its name from International Food and wine to Noosa because Noosa is such a special place and it really felt a bit fragmented mm. earlier. Um, but there's no shortage of great coffee up there. Oh, correct, thankfully. And there'll be um, there'll only probably be one or two international chefs for the first festival that we do for 2017, most of them, unless they're internationals who live in Australia yeah. already. So yeah. people that we can bring up, like Darren, who might come up and be part of our Mad Hatter's Tea Party that we're doing. Oh, can I cool. come too? That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't need all these international chefs as well because there's so many talented people sort of cooking in, in Australia and Queensland and, Correct. and, and just and close to home. So There are international chefs those. in the space. Um, you know, Ian Curley is part of the British yeah. Brat Pack, like uh, Ray Capaldi and, and Greg Maloof. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of people who, who live and work and, and call Australia home, but who come from quite diverse um, yeah. cultural backgrounds that we're going to be able to work with as well. So, Oh, that's just brilliant. Love it. And from New Providence, New Jersey, the email I was after, we have a wonderful new restaurant, Moe's Bistro in New Providence, New Jersey. Mohammed's from Egypt. His food is wonderful. He makes wonderful vadia onion and... Vadalia onion and coconut soup. What a great eating experience you must try it. There you go. New Providence, New Jersey. Go and eat it most. Very is that, excited. Is that Linda? That's Linda. That, well done, Linda. That was a little test there. We've just seen if you are still listening. Oh, you know whether, you might have, <laughs> whether you might have nodded off. <laughs> um, Linda likes to come to Australia as well, and Tad takes around, so we'll have to make sure we get yep. Tad to bring Linda get to Tad your to, He knows store. where the shop is, so yeah, tell does. him to uh, pop down. He'll bring, bring you down. Because if you're the Willy Wonka of Melbourne's uh, Melbourne sweets, Tad's probably a bit more the um, 
Oh, I don't know, yeah. He's, he's very not Willy Wonka. He's not, is he? No. I'm trying sort to of think quite of the it. opposite. Well, we'll come up with who is the opposite to Willy Wonka. Yeah. Who's, um, but he's very talented. And I can say that all because he's not here today. Yeah, otherwise you get a big head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, of course, you should be popping down to see Ted at the Pran Market. Um, the, the Cheese Festival is on at the Pran Market today. So if you're driving around in this weather and getting frustrated on your way to Ikea or whatever you do on Saturday when you're listening to us, just um, pop into the Pran Market. It's Cheese Day today. Another Cheese Festival coming up uh, tomorrow. Uh, we met a guy a couple of weeks ago on the show. He's got the Williamstown Cheese and Wine Festival tomorrow. You can Google that on your favorite search engine, which I may have already told you to use. Um, so there's a, a Cheese and Wine Festival tomorrow. And on the 10th of November, for 10 days, there is a cheese festival called Bon Fromage. Oh, yes. 10 days. 10 days of celebrating uh, wow. the uh, fine cheeses of Europe. Oh, and that's just going to be brilliant. European cheese for 10 days. You need 10 days for European cheese. Well, it starts uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then through the week it's all sort of industry and media stuff, and then the second weekend, again, open to the public at the back of King and Godfrey and Carlton. Oh, cool. Is that yeah. a new thing? I haven't. Yes. Yeah, right. It is. Called Bon Fromage. Google it, you'll find it. Um, sorry, on your favourite search engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we are talking books today. Is it, are we going to get to a critical mass? And I'm going to start with you, Jeanette and Darren. I, I know you'll have thoughts. Are we going to get to a critical mass where we can't possibly need another bloody cookbook? Or is there always going to be something new, another region, another culture, another identity to explore? Uh, it goes on forever. I think we're always looking for exciting new angles um, in cooking and, and discovering new produce and new ways of doing things and new ways of blending it together so mm. again it's how long is a piece of string i think i'm very pleased to hear that by the way oh absolutely it just yeah. means i build another room <laughs> well and you know through our travels we've, we've just been really lucky with our coffee encounters book we went to lots of coffee origins through central america and south america and africa and god knows where but every PNG. time png yep. absolutely mm. india um Every time we go to new villages and, and just see what people are using and picking leaves off things and you work out what it is, it's just extraordinary. So, no, we're only at the tip of the iceberg. We can go forever. Darren, can you go forever writing books? You bet. I love writing. Um, it's really good. So uh, I, I don't think cookbooks will um, will be going away. I, I really don't. I, you know, I... I read stuff online. I, I read newspapers a lot on my sort of my, my iPad these days. But there's nothing quite like getting your hands on a cookbook and just uh, flicking through the pages the first time. You know, smell of a new cookbook. And although although they're a bit of a pain if you have to move house, um, you kind of yes. yeah. You couldn't you couldn't part me with you know my collection of cookbooks. And I'm sure. Um, Do you have a favourite one? Oh. <laughs> Not if you're I don't know. I can't. I can't really choose. You know, there's. I probably. I could probably give you a top ten, but yeah. I, I probably couldn't choose the the favourite one. I've got one uh, by Michelle Bra, um, Central Cuisine, which yeah. is um, just an, an amazing book. It's way ahead of its time, and I always sort of refer back to that. I found it in Kitchen Arts and Letters uh, cook shop in, um, in a cookbook shop in uh, New York. Um, but I think my favourite cookbook might be, or one of my favourites, is Raymond Murato's Chocolate. Yes, um, well, that makes sense. So that was uh, an inspiration for me. So there's lots of books that have inspired me uh, along my culinary journey at different stages. And, um, 
you know everyone sort of refers back to those sort of river cafe books and i have uh, um, uh, uh, um what is his name uh, Michel Roux yeah. bought out a whole series of small books and he has one that was eggs and to That's me right, you mentioned yeah. food porn earlier it yeah. was an intellectual orgasm just looking through this thing um, <laughs> because just the way uh, um, a perfectly soft boiled egg is just broken and the yolk oozes onto some asparagus it's magnificent oh, God. Um, and my other favourite which is at the other end of the scale is uh, Massimo Bottura's book um, from Faden it was yeah. uh, beautiful and he's beautiful I love him yeah those Faden books are absolutely amazing stunning aren't yeah. they I love them I think Dan Hunter's got one out um, with uh, well, I don't think it's ready yet he's doing it and yeah, yeah he's been right. writing it for um, about two and a half years he's I think he's one of the first Australians <laughs> he's ever. the first yeah. Australian to have a book with Faden so I'm really looking forward to that because he's, he's a good guy and, and uh, I love those be, people from Faden it'd be beautiful yeah. Jeanette, do you have a favourite book that's not one of yours, a favourite cookbook? No, not really a favourite one. Um, I love old books, so mm. I love going into um, Berkelow's up in Noosa, yeah. um, Monday and, and looking through the old books. Also, Books for Cooks down here. In I love Books for Cooks, and the fact yeah. that you buy second-hand yeah. cookbooks is great. I just mm. love second-hand mm. cookbooks, so, yeah. Mm. So they're just near the big market. We should give them a shout-out because they're good. Yeah, yeah they're great, yeah, they're great guys. Mm. They've been serving Melbourne well for years and yes. they, they always look after the chefs as, and all the foodies and um, yeah so hello Tim and your team at Books for Cooks if you want it they're just near the Vic Market you can find them and they seriously second hand cookbooks that are 30 and 40 years old they're amazing bring joy to the world listen to us everywhere download the Joy smartphone app now at joy.org.au we have just two minutes before uh Mark and uh, Andre take you travelling on the escape pod. Um, I'm sure you're going to have a great deal of fun. So they don't know where they're going. They'll tell me eventually or they'll tell you when they come on at two o'clock. I need to say goodbye to Darren Purchase and Jeanette George. We've been talking about books all day. I should have left that favourite book question to last. Give me a favourite book that is not a cookbook, Darren Purchase. That is not... Um, uh, uh, I don't think I've got one that's not a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think I've read, I don't think I've read one. Book that doesn't involve food. Have you got one? No, I'm trying to think of one that doesn't involve food as well. I think it's just so top of mind. We're, we're I'll give you a book that does in involve niche. food, that, but is a book. It's called The Maestro's Table. Right. Um, so... Uh, the Maestro is the brother of Stefano Di Pieri, yeah. Sergio, who has this house in, in the Veneto and people just sort of wander in and out. And he's an artist and a musician. And um, it's a fabulous book. It's a, it sort of makes you feel like you're in Italy when you're reading it. So cool. for The Maestro's Table, I think you should. Written by an Australian woman as well, an Australian really? academic. Mm. So I think you should read that. That would be my, my Flavors tip. Flavors of Italy is coming up. <laughs> I'm more than happy to help you research that one as well, Jeanette. Jeanette George and Darren Purchase to be my guests. If you want to know more about Flavors of Victoria, Flavors of Melbourne, Flavors of Melbourne 2, Flavors of Bali, and so forth and so on, and all of the books, where do they go to online? Uh, www.smudge.com. No, smudgeeats.com.au smudgeeats.com.au and if you would like to know more about Darren's latest book Lamingtons and Lemon Tarts you can go online to uh, it's all good bookshops or if you go onto birchandpurchase.com um, I can personalise one for you and, send and it you out. can go into the sweet studio and get yep. Lamingtons and Lemon Tarts right there get it signed by me it's been a pleasure having your company Tad and I will be back next Saturday um, I can't remember what is on my agenda but it will no doubt be as much fun as today uh, I've been Pete Dillon this has been cravings and you are on australia's only gay and lesbian radio station joy 94.9 thank you for listening to a Joycast from joy 94.9
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.